0: John chapter 6 this morning beginning at verse 16. The gospel of John chapter 6 beginning at verse 16. We are in the midst of a series on rediscovering our all of God and we are looking at the miraculous signs that Jesus did that John the apostle recorded in his gospel. He did this so that you and I would be Believing in Jesus Christ, not only for salvation, but for every need, for every want, for every desire, for everything that we will ever need, that we look to Jesus as our answer. And so that's why John included these miraculous signs in his gospel, and today we're going to look at the sign of Jesus walking on the water, and there's actually two miraculous signs, I think, in this passage, and it's a pretty streamlined, cut-down version of uh, what Matthew and Mark include in their gospels as well, but here's how I want to start this out. This is primarily not the story about Jesus sleeping in the back of the boat. This is not primarily the story about Jesus calling us out of the boat. This is primarily John focused on Jesus coming alongside our boat and giving us peace in the midst of our storms. And that's where the disciples are today. Please follow along with me as I look and begin at verse 16. It says, Now when evening came, His disciples went down to the lake, down because the Sea of Galilee is about 800 feet below sea level. There are canyons, literally. It's sort of in a canyon. There's hills and mountains surrounding it. So that's why the weather can be very turbulent on the Sea of Galilee. They went down to the lake, and they got a boat, and they began to cross the lake to Capernaum. Now, at this point, we have to say a couple things. One, why did they go down to the lake at night and get in a boat? They did so because Jesus commanded them to do that. Now, you don't find that in this uh, part of the story, but in the parallel accounts in Matthew and Mark of this very same story, uh, they clearly record that Jesus... After he fed thousands of people, Jesus made his disciples get in a boat and go ahead of him to the other side. So that's important. Jesus is the one who initiated this whole scenario, this whole situation. He's the one that commanded his disciples to get into the boat at this time and start to cross the lake. Remember, being a disciple of Jesus is putting ourselves in a position where we're always learning something. It is about having a teachable spirit. It's about recognizing the fact that God always wants to teach us things and train us in his way. And God is going to use this experience of his disciples out on that lake to do the very same thing. He wants to teach them something. He wants to train them, if you will, in his ways and in his righteousness, all right? So keep that in mind. The Bible also tells us that as they got into the boat and started to cross the lake again, that it was evening. In fact, if you read a little bit further in verse 17, it says it was already dark, dark. Jesus was actually commanding his followers to get in a boat when it was dark, and the Sea of Galilee at nighttime was dark. I mean, you could not see your hand very far in front of you. There were no lights around or anything like that. It was pitch black. And you and I all realize that fear is amplified in the dark, okay? Okay fear is amplified in the dark. So it's dark when Jesus sends his disciples out, and he's going to send them out on this lake. Why water? Well, it's going to come into play a little bit later, but let's stop for a moment and talk about that. In Bible times, water was very symbolic, Water to those people back then symbolized things like chaos, evil, unsettledness, uncertainty, unrest. That's what water symbolized. It it was very unstable. It would be tossed around, the, the waves and everything. So it was a great visual of some of the things that you and I go through in our life, times of uncertainty and unrest and unsettledness and chaos and all of that. In fact, we could say that that's sort of where 2020 is for many of us, right? That's what this year's been about. It's been about chaos and unrest and unsettledness and a lot of uncertainty. So Jesus is sending out his disciples in a little boat in the darkness out into that water that symbolizes all of that. And then, again, it goes on to say in verse 17, it was already dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. Now, that's also significant. They thought at some point Jesus was going to row up in another boat and join them out there on the lake, okay? And he hasn't come yet, and it's getting dark And the water's starting to churn, and the clouds are starting to roll in, and there's a storm coming, and it's at night. And, you know, that's just like, you know, when I think about sometimes hearing about these tornadoes that rip through, you know, our country, and I think, how bad is it to be in a tornado in the daylight? How much more sort of horrific is it to try to navigate a tornado at nighttime when you can't see anything? So I want you to put yourself, if you will, and if you can, in the mindset of what was happening inside the minds of those disciples as they're out on that boat, on that lake, in the dark, and where's Jesus? Jesus hasn't come yet. There are times we feel like that in our life we feel like Jesus hasn't shown up yet. I'm praying about something. I'm expecting something. I'm anticipating something. God, where are you? I can't find you yet. I don't sense you yet. I don't see you yet. Where are you? Now, Jesus was doing this for a very purposeful reason at this point for these men because he kept trying to get them to understand. You've had me physically present with you these number of years. But very soon, I'm going to die. I'm going to come back resurrected. I'll appear to you. But then I'm going to go back up to my Father in heaven, and I'm not going to physically be present with you. But that doesn't mean I'm not with you. You've got to grasp the fact that even though you're used to having me physically present with you, that by faith you understand that I'm just as much with you when I'm not with you, you see. Now, even though you and I don't have the same experience that the disciples had of ever having, in a sense, physically, having Jesus with us, you and I still can struggle at times with, is Jesus with me? And what we learn from this is this. We must learn to trust that Jesus is always with us. He, you may not feel like he's with you. You may not, you know, sense that he's with you. You may not see with your physical senses or whatever that he's with you. But he tells us, I am always with you. We've got we've to believe that and live in that truth. I mean, at the very end of the Gospel of Matthew, when Jesus sends out his disciples with the great commission to go into all the world and make disciples, the very last thing he says to them is, I am with you always, even to the end. And then in the book of Hebrews, it is recorded for us that God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you or abandon you. You see, even when Jesus isn't with them, he wanted to teach his followers that when I go back to heaven, I am just as much with you from there as I am right here. And God wants us to grasp that too. Jesus is with us, and he's just as much with us each and every day as he would be as if he was standing right beside of you, okay? Then the Bible says this, verse 18, by this time the winds... Began to howl, and they were strong, and the sea was getting rough. And that tiny ship was tossed, (laughs) if it not for the fearless crew of the mineral. No, no, different story. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) By this time, the wind grew strong and the sea was getting rough. In fact, the parallel accounts say that the boat was taking a beating. And and the other parallel account says that the disciples were, were literally straining at the oars to try to keep the boat under control. Remember, who's the one that sent them out on the lake, in the dark, and now into a storm. It was Jesus. It was Jesus. We need to make sure that we have a proper concept of who Jesus is and what he tries to accomplish in our lives and why he does it. Otherwise, we can get really whoppy-jawed and disillusioned in our Christian life because there's a lot of people that think Jesus would never purposefully send me into a storm. Oh, yeah, yeah, he does. You know why? We want easier circumstances. Jesus wants stronger followers. Because Jesus understands something that many times you and I aren't willing to face, and that is the reality of living life on earth an earth that is cursed by sin with a bunch of other sinners, (laughs) including ourselves. And there's just going to be stuff that happens that is going to be difficult to navigate and hard. And therefore, in order for us to successfully navigate life, you and I cannot be weak people. We've got to be strong people, and the way you make strong people is by getting them used to sending them into storms and teaching them how to navigate storms rather than avoiding the storms. How do trees get stronger? By standing out there in the wind. And God wants to make us sort of his oaks that can stand when the storms and the winds howl around us. That's part of why God sends us out into the storms. But then you'll notice this also. In verse 19, it says, when they, the disciples, had rode three or four miles. That tells us something significant. That tells us that they were probably right in the middle, at the deepest part of the lake. The lake at one point is about seven miles wide. So, if they rode three to four miles out, they're pretty much at the very center of the lake, in the dark, in a storm, at the deepest part. Jesus sent them out into the dark, out into the deep, into a storm. Why? Because he wanted to teach them something. He wanted to train them in something. He wanted to reveal more of himself to them so that ultimately they could be stronger and even fearless followers of his. Because the Bible says at that moment when they were out into the deepest part of the lake in the dark and the the waves were, you know, crashing and the wind was howling, that they caught sight of something. Verse 19. And what did they catch sight of? Jesus walking on the lake approaching the boat. Well, let's talk about this for a moment. First of all, the word walking that is used here speaks about the effortlessness with which Jesus is walking on water. In other words, he wasn't, they weren't watching this figure come towards them and he's like doing this. He's like taking a casual stroll on that which is liquid. It is no, nothing difficult or hard for Jesus to walk on water. It's not something that he has to strain in order to accomplish. It's easy for him. And why walk on top of the lake, the water? Well, remember, let's go back. What does the water symbolize? Chaos, evil, uncertainty, unrest, unsettledness. What is Jesus doing by walking on top of it? He is showing to his disciples, I, the Lord Jesus Christ, triumph over everything that may be a source of fear in your life. I walk on top of it. It is not beneath me, or it is not on top of me, it is beneath me. I can overcome any of these things, because I walk on top of it all. And if I walk on top of it all and you follow me, that means you can walk on top of it all too. You don't need to let the uncertainty and, and the chaos and the evil and all of that get to you to begin to cause you to fear because I'm walking on top of the water. I triumph. Over all those forces that are the source and cause of fear in our lives. You see. What is it right now in your life that is causing you fear and anxiety and worry and stress and your heart to be troubled? Jesus said to his followers, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, then believe in me. I am the one who walks effortlessly on top of that water. I conquer it. I triumph over it. That's why it's so significant that Jesus, before he ever calls Peter out on the water, you notice John doesn't even go into all that, because John John just wants us to concentrate on one thing, and that is the awe and wonder of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He doesn't want us to get caught up in the other details, not that those details aren't important, not that they're not applicable at times, but for John, it's just all about Jesus and all just seeing Jesus for who he really is. Notice the reaction of the disciples. As they see Jesus walking on the lake, approaching the boat, it says they were frightened. And I I don't want us to miss this, because a lot of people do. A, A lot of people think that the disciples were frightened because of the darkness, because they were at the deepest part of the lake, because they were in a storm. No, no. Notice the connection here. They were frightened because they saw Jesus walking on water. Literally, in the Greek, they were trembling. There was a healthy fear there because they knew we are in the presence of God. There was a healthy reverence and respect for who Jesus was at that moment. There was an awe and wonder of who Jesus was at that moment. And I dare say that that for many, we've lost that sense of reverence and respect and awe and wonder for God. See, Jesus should be the one that gives us goosebumps. Jesus should be the one that causes the hair on the back of our neck to sort of stand up or on our arm. It should be Jesus that causes that. And here's the great thing. When we put Jesus in his proper place and realize who he really is and acknowledge him for who he really is, then we have nothing or no one else to fear, which is exactly the connection Jesus wanted to make. Because notice the paradox. They're sort of afraid of this Jesus. My goodness, this man walks on water effortlessly. And they're growing in their understanding of who Jesus really is that they're following. Even they've not gotten to the point yet where they acknowledge and recognize the true greatness and majesty that that Jesus is, the one who has called them to follow him before them. But then Jesus immediately says to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Notice, Jesus is saying, when you see me for who I really am, and you accept me for who I really am, and you have a proper reverence and respect, and I cause you to tremble, and you're in awe and wonder of me, then you need not fear anything else in your life, because I walk on top of it all, and you can too if you follow me. Very interestingly. When Jesus says, it is I, the translation in the Net Bible, it is literally I am, ego, a me, which goes back to the great I am statements that actually we're going to be looking at at the beginning of 2021 in our worship series on Sunday morning out of the Gospel of John. I am Jesus says, recognize that I am the great I am. You don't need to be afraid. I was the one who was there with Moses and parted the Red Sea. I am that I am. Do not be afraid. Jesus is the end of all fear. When you and I understand Jesus, who he is, and who is our savior, and who is our creator, and who is our sustainer, and who is the one who loves us more than anyone ever will or ever could, then we fear nothing or no one else. See, Jesus isn't just looking and desiring for stronger followers. Jesus is looking and desiring for fearless followers. Jesus is saying, I need you guys to be stronger, and I need you to be fearless. And Jesus is still looking for the same things today in his people. He's saying, the reason I will at times with my voice, send you out into a storm and send you out into the darkness and send you out into the deep in your life is because I want you to see that in me and with me, you can navigate it. There are no circumstances and no situations that you will ever face in this life that you and me, meaning me and Jesus, or you and Jesus, cannot navigate and be on top of and walk on top of because I am, I am. Do not be afraid. Jesus is the end of all fear. And then I love this. I think a second miracle happens here. The Bible says in verse 21 that when they then, Recognize that, oh, it's Jesus and He's telling us not to be afraid. Okay, we want you in our boat. <laughs> Notice before they really realize what was going on, he's like, I don't know whether we want you in the boat or not. Because we're we're frightened. I mean, when you begin to see the awesomeness of God and what he can do, it should cause our hair to stand up if you have hair. <laughs> or at least to get some goosebumps to tremble a little bit, in a good way. God doesn't want us to be afraid ever to come into his presence or to approach him and all of that kind of stuff, but there should be a proper awe and wonder and reverence and respect always for who he is. He's God, and we're not. But it's because of that acknowledgement and recognition that Jesus says when, when you get that in your life, when you capture and grasp who I really am and who I am to you, you won't be afraid of anything else or anyone else. Because fear of me, in a sense, in the proper way, means no more fear. No more fear. And so the Bible says, when they figured out that, okay, it's just Jesus, okay, We want you to come into the boat. Notice what it says in verse 21. Immediately, immediately the boat came to the land where they were heading. It was like Jesus did a a Star Trek thing. (laughs) Only better, right? Because Hollywood can only try to duplicate what our God can do, no problem. It was like all of a sudden they go from the middle of the lake, the deepest part, and all of a sudden Jesus just goes, whoop there they are. We're here. Why do you think Jesus wanted to supernaturally transport them to the destination that he had sent them to? Well, a couple things. First of all, God does that kind of stuff. The book of Acts, remember when Philip, who was witnessing to the Ethiopian eunuch, and then all of a sudden God just transporting but now we're going to go over here. I wish God would do that with me a couple times. You know those times in your life where you need to be at two places at one time? You know. And we're going to talk about that Wednesday night when God comes down with the horses and the fiery chariot and takes Elijah to heaven. He does that every once in a while. But... I think that Jesus did it for this reason. Jesus, again, remember, is teaching us and teaching his disciples something, and and they're in training. And he wants them to understand that no one or nothing can prevent you from reaching the destination that I have planned for you. Remember, it was Jesus that sent them out on the lake. And where was he sending them? to Capernaum, and Jesus wanting his disciples to understand, I don't care while you're on your way to Capernaum where I'm planning you to go. I don't care what storm comes up. I don't care how dark it gets. I don't care how deep the waters are. You're going to get there because I planned on you getting there. And there's no one or nothing that's going to keep you from going where I want you to go and where I want you to be. Now, I want you and I to apply that to our life right now because we need to even as Christians. If God has a personal destination for each of us, if God, the Bible says, already had the day of our departure from this earth down in his book before we were ever born, then here's what that translates to me. There is no one or nothing that's going to prevent me from getting to my destination because that's what Jesus planned, and there's no one or nothing greater than Jesus. He walks on top the water there. You and I will get there, because Jesus planned on us getting there. See, Jesus is sovereign. He's in control. And it doesn't matter if Satan threw all the forces of hell against us. If Jesus says, I want you to survive it. I, I, I want I want you to to be here, and you're not going to come home to be with me until this time. Then it ain't going to happen. Because Jesus can get us to the destination He has planned for us. Our problem sometimes in our struggle with Jesus is, I don't like the process though. (laughs) I don't like the fact, Jesus, that I've got to go through storms and I've got to go out into the deep every once in a while and I've got to go out into the darkness. I don't like that uncertainty. But Jesus is telling us, you realize I'm on top of all that. And you can be too. I want strong believers. I want fearless believers. I I I want you to understand that your God triumphs over all of that. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Certainly not when we go through it, just like the disciples. But I'm sure after the fact, Those men in that boat that night on the Sea of Galilee never regretted getting into the boat, going out into the darkness, going out into the deep, and going out into the storm. You know why? Because that gave them an opportunity to see their Lord Jesus walk on water. And if they would have never went out under his direction into that storm out into the darkness, out into the deep, they would have never experienced seeing Jesus walk on water. You and I sometimes go through terrible experiences in our life. God wants us to see, as we look back, the benefit and the profit in that, if for no other reason seeing him in a greater light seeing that he's a big God who can handle all of our problems, that no problem that will ever come into our life is too big for him, and that he has arms that that are strong enough to hold us, and he has a a mind and wisdom that's great enough to be able to give us the wisdom to get through it, and and he will give us his grace and strength and all the provision and all the protection that we need to navigate anything in life, And, and God wants us to have a greater understanding and revelation of him, and many times that's why he allows us to go through the things that he does, not just so it makes us more fearless and makes us stronger, but so that we have a greater appreciation and understanding and comprehension of who our God is, the God who walks on water, the God who walks on water. I know right now there may be some of you here this morning or some of you that are watching this message over live stream or who eventually watch this later down the road, and right now You're in a storm. Right now, you feel like you're out there in the deep. You're in the dark. Jesus wants you to know. He understands where you are, and he's right there with you. And if you just trust him and trust in who he is, you can navigate that and get through it and not be afraid. And know that either as you're getting through it or on the other side of it, you will have learned some great lessons about being a follower of Jesus Christ. And you and I will learn about our God, things about him that we would have never known had we never been willing to go into that boat and go out onto that lake. None of us would ever choose to go into a storm. That's why we need to go under the Lord's direction. Because he knows exactly what he's doing and why he's doing it. Here's the thing. Some of you in the past may have heard God's voice say, get into a boat, figuratively speaking, and go out a little way. And you went, oh, no. No, I'm staying on the shore. I'm not getting in that boat, God. And you know it's Jesus talking to you, okay? But you're not willing to go. Let me encourage you with this. Those times in my life where I heard Jesus say, Jeff, get into the boat and go out into the deep, into the darkness, into the uncertainty. It's going to be okay. I didn't like it either. But I can tell you from personal experience, those times I turned down Jesus' invitation was my loss. Because by not following the voice of my Savior to get into that boat and go out into the darkness and the deep, I prevented myself from seeing my Jesus in a greater light. I missed out on seeing those walk-on-water experiences. But the times that I did, even though I might be a little apprehensive and a little fearful, I never regretted it for a second because I got to see my God show up in miraculous ways and do things that only God could do. And if I would have never listened to his voice and never launched out into the deep and went out into that uncertainty and went out into that depth, I'd have never seen God show up as big as he did. And you all sitting here this morning are part of that kind of a story in my life. So is it worth it? Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth it every time Jesus says, get into that boat. And go out because it is I you don't have to be afraid Jesus is the end of all fear and you may have brought some fears into this room this morning or you may have brought some fear through that television this morning Release those to Jesus. Recognize he is the great I am. And there is no reason to be afraid. Let's stand. Lord, as we stand before you today, may we be in awe and wonder Of you. May we be growing in our reverence and respect for who you, the great I am, is. There's no one greater, no one higher, no one stronger, no one wiser. You're the answer for everything and everyone. God, there's a lot of fear in this world today. There's a lot of folks who are suffering from a lack of peace in their life today. But Jesus, you told your own followers these words. I have told you these things so that in me, in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have trouble and suffering, but be of great courage. I have overcome the world. And God, may we as your people claim that truth. And believe in your word today that no one or nothing is greater than you. And if we have a proper fear of you, we will fear nothing else or no one in our life. And your peace that passes all understanding will enter into the very depths of our soul and being, and we will be at rest in you. God, give us your peace today. Give us your rest today. Make us fearless disciples, God, today in you. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.